Welcome everybody to another episode of the Creative Marinade Podcast with myself, Francisco Rebello, and my good friend from many years, um, all the way, we, <laughs> we've known each other since uni is what I was trying to say, it's been over a decade and she's a very inspiring, great creative friend, she is a PR queen, she owns a communications agency and she's just in general killing it looking good while killing it and also a mum and like family woman as well as business owner and I'm always super impressed with how she goes about life and I said I always give the friend intro but Bao I'll leave it to you to give the the real intro of what you do I mean, the real intro of what I do is not as glamorous as, as that. It is a girl that is trying to get through to the end of the day, but making some milestones. But like you said, look, we've known each other since 2006. Scary how long we've known wow. each other. Um, we have been through the highs and lows of life. I am now running and owning my own PR communication agency, which is seven years old. Can't um, believe it. And I'm trying to hold it down for my gorgeous little family and my two little children and my husband so we can all just get by and live our best lives. Come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, maybe this chat will be good of like seeing that because, you know, I don't know, like it looks so like good from the outside but it's also like knowing you and knowing what like finishing uni and like mm. the things you had to do before getting to the thing that people see today is is an interesting story um wait i didn't really plan this 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 one this time because i kind of like i know you but yeah, yeah yeah let's start with where did it what what did you study we, st- we studied together at uni so what did you study at bruno so at Brunel, I went in and was, to be, look, let's go back even before that, right? So let's at, take it back, at yeah. my A-levels, I did business, yeah. law, and drama. I did drama. business because, yeah. drama, exactly, right? <laughs> so business was because I was always interested in it. Law, because my dad really wanted me to do law. Yeah. And drama is because I loved it at GCSEs. I was so good at it. I did my GCSE a year early. And then I did my AS a year early, and then I went to do my A-level in my first year of college. And I really actually wanted to go to acting school. But my dad I've being my dad... I've never known this. <laughs> my dad being my dad, a South Asian guy, man, like, no, 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 you need to go and do business or go do law. I wasn't really good at law. There was so much reading, and there's just so much information you needed to take. And it's not creative at all. So I only got a C in it. So then when I came to applying, I was like, look, I'm not going to win my dad over with drama classes or drama school. So it was business. And then I went in to Brunel um, after getting a BCC and landing a business management in marketing degree. Mm. But I think for me, like, I didn't know that you were create well... You're always fashionable, and in that sense, I could see a creative streak. But after Brunel, 
Then you went on to study at the University of the Arts London, mm-hmm. which I was mildly jealous about because it's like mm-hmm. the top art uni. Um, and you were studying something, uh, you can tell us properly, but like fashion. Mm-hmm. But from the outset, from the outside, it was like, oh, it was a cool, different change in direction because we were just saying before, like you interned in more like corporate places and I knew like bow business studies. And then now I'm just trying to think, I think once or twice you'd like ask me questions about like essays or you're now in this like more creative field in this like arts uni where you walk into that uni, everyone dresses crazy. Like everyone's like thinks in a different way. It wasn't like that in Bruno. <laughs> no, and, I and like also being in London, like in the heart of London and all the things that came with it. Um, what was that experience like going from Brunel Business Studies to the University of Arts and Fashion? <laughs> do you know what? Again, it was, I always knew I wanted to do something different. So kind of the background of me, I'm the, like I've got three older sisters. I'm the youngest of four girls. Um, and I just didn't want to do the status quo. Doing business studies made my dad happy. But then once I proved that I could graduate and I got a 2-1, even whilst I was kind of doing my final year, I was like, I'm not going into a corporation because it's going to suck my soul. I knew it just was not for me. And I was then applying for like internships at Mary Claire, Elle magazine. I entered a social media competition. I just needed to know that the next move for me was going to be out of the box. I remember applying for London College of Fashion and then it was fashion strategic communications is which I specialized in. They only let in 15 UK students. The rest were international. It was only a class of 30, right? Okay. I remember I get I got that rejection letter first off, but I was on the waiting list. So I was oh. working that summer at a um, fashion house in in the south of England and I was interning there. And I was like, I've got to do this because if I don't get my chance now, I'm going to have to either go do my master's elsewhere or I'm going to have to get a corporation job. And no word of a lie, I called them up probably twice, three times a day, emailed the lead lecturer after Googling who it was and nah. stalked. That's what I'm talking and I'm about. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I literally, I think either someone actually did drop out, Franz. Mm. Or they got so sick of me two weeks before the course was due to start in September, mm-hmm. I got offered my place. And I remember being at my workplace at that time, crying, calling my sisters, going, oh, Can I swear? I fucking got in. I got in. <laughs> and then I was like, Shit, I need to go get a fresh wardrobe because I was like, I'm going to be seeing some <laughs> oh, funky yeah, yeah. people here. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know what? It was just a great experience. There were some great people from all around the world that were that I was studying alongside of. The opportunities, the talks. I just knew it was where I was meant to be and it was feeding my soul exactly how I needed it to. Wow. You know what? I didn't know. One, I didn't know that amount of... Uh effort that you put to getting it which I personally that's what I advocate for like I don't know like everyone thinks you just 
apply and then you get a reply back no bruv you need to stalk (laughs) yeah and to also like yeah even like i never knew how much it meant to you like to be to to like cry and tell your sisters and stuff you know from the outside it's like you took it in your stride but no that's that goes to show (laughs) no it, it was just like i said in my belly i've always known I don't know how to articulate, but I always just knew I didn't want a basic life. I'm blessed, but I just didn't want to be having a nine to five job, being married, working in the same town that I was married in. I'm like, no, life is, we get one, um, for me anyway, I'm like, I'll get one chance, one shot. So I need to, as kind of, introverted as I can be at times I'm like I push myself and like <laughs> introverted. I need to try the but this drama is, this queen. Is the, no but this is the weird thing like people think like when they see me I'm so extrovert and I'm out there I mean mm. I am but I'm not like I, I get really shy like like I just said coming on here with you friends I've known you for how long but I was so nervous okay. just plugging in because I'm like <laughs> this is talking about me and not many people like know about my layers and know okay. all about me which is mad okay as i said I, I super appreciate that you took the time to do this not just the time the 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 energy and yeah. it's literally for that reason because like now i'm friends with people like people like you people like other friends that are like artists and architects and designers and like what we see on facebook or instagram or linkedin like that's not the relatable person like the relatable person is the the nervous insecure shy person you know mm. um so but uh what about like i'm a creative and i'm a designer i studied design in brunel and like you you so you talked about the experience of like being kind of like excited to go into the place but how i feel like that definitely changed like a direction to where you were to where you were heading and how do you think like the influence of being in that environment or the concepts you were taught about or like um what what was the difference between the 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 bow that didn't go there and the bow that kind of left i came out of that place so open-minded because again you had people from all walks of life on that course the uni itself, what they had on offer, so the way you could network with people, the way that they would introduce um, opportunities to you. So internships, you could pick up just like that because I remember interning for um, Fashion Week. I remember interning at DKNY and they weren't like long stints, but it was just kind of getting your name and your kind of foot into the door of these Mm. high-profile companies that... Once when I was little about 16 years old, hadn't done my eyebrows, hadn't done my upper lip, I could only <laughs> dream of, yeah. Like, I, and I was like, okay, right, I feel like I'm on the right path and this is exactly what I need to be doing. And do you know what? I was so hungry where it was probably, friends, borderline desperation. Like, I was applying to everything. I was studying hardcore. What I do kind of regret is not going out and enjoying the social side of it as much because... Yeah. I was kind of like, no, I've done that all at my old university right now. I just need to literally make sure I'm setting my path out to kind of get to the next stage. And 
again it was the people and the and realizing that everyone has their own journey but I remember in particular this is my first experience of kind of the celebrity world was when I was um interning at London Fashion Week and I was just a runner across um, Somerset House and I remember getting into a lift and Naomi Campbell walked in to the lift <laughs> and I was just like oh my god dying inside dying inside didn't say anything in the same lift as you in the same lift in, as she was her her agent she didn't even look twice at me mm. I was probably I remember just like not saying anything probably didn't even breathe sweating she went one floor up got out <laughs> and inside I was like oh my gosh like literally that is the same air I've just breathed as her <laughs> I can do this I can do this. Like, this is the world I want to be in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just little little things like that. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep that inside because I remember that feeling. And then mm. that kind of then, when I was applying for jobs after, when I'm knowing my master's was coming to an end, I was like, nah, that's not good enough. Nah, that's not cool enough. And it's not saying I had the choice of declining jobs. I was just very patient of waiting for the next job that it had to be kind of fashion I knew I would get a lot of exposure and it had to kind of tick the right boxes. Mm. Now you remind me, I do remember the hustle. And I even like me, uh, maybe we were all like a lot of us in that stage. Or maybe I think maybe you doing like as a creative, it's all about the hustle. Like yeah, every yeah. like it's portfolios and interviews and uh, I don't know, like uh, and yeah, like but I remember those times and how can I, I don't know how to describe it. Like now we're like, when we meet up, it's kind of, I mean, everyone's having babies and <laughs> but it's quite like, <laughs> it's okay. But those times if like, we'd have like catch up dinners, like with uni friends, everyone's kind of trying something different, leaving a job, like, mm. like studying something, tr like having a bad interview or whatever. And like, yeah, that was a kind of, that was a that 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 was a time I remember that was and because we were all in and out of like central we were all like meeting up a lot. But, yeah, and I think we were almost each other's kind of blanket of security as we were all trying to enter this next stage of life. You know, the working world. Like once you're in the working world, you are fully in the working world, right? So we were all just trying to make sure we were all staying on track everyone was kind of doing the best that they could do with where they wanted to head mm. but also just let someone bloody vent when an interview's gone really bad or they've had a bad experience at work and it's just at that moment in time you never know that it's going to make you stronger or you're learning something from it you're just kind of blaming the man or the woman or the boss or whatever and you're like that's yeah. it i'm done i'm gonna leave this place whatever i just think it's close it's good to have a close net of friends which we did do and we kind of celebrated the highs and we just drunk through the lows. <laughs> no, we drank through the highs as well. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. We celebrated the highs, right, properly. But also we celebrated the lows because we were like, well, there's no other way out of this except tomorrow you just face the, face the problem. And then when we got older, we went on holidays together. That was the best. Part. Exactly. Then, <laughs> then the, the, you know, the wallet started growing a little bit and then we could afford <laughs> to go, guys, what about this little holiday here and there? <laughs> uh, um, I want to talk about one of the coolest things that you do, which is like 
own a PR business, own a communications company. Do you think it's worth telling a bit before? Yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe I will start with that. Like, I remember you were working in that field. Yeah. And then, and I remember like your Instagram being like some of your projects and stuff. And then you went like freelance and then freelance turned into, oh, I need a logo. And then like it went from bow freelance to there's a company. And now the company is has like lots of people and stuff like tell us a little bit of uh, going to to what you do today. So after finishing my master's, I kind of like my first internship was at Estee Lauder. And again, a big look into a world that I was obsessed with, but very shy, didn't use my voice. Like anyone in their first job, I kind of like sailed through it. Mm-hmm. And then then was made assistant, stayed on. And then kind of went from in-house to agency because that was the advice that was given to me to kind of stretch myself and widen my skill set. So then kind of, once I started, once I got my foot under the table, it was almost kind of just working on cool brands like Tony and Guy Weller, just kind of going agency to agency. And then when, well, for me personally, it kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, like this beauty fashion world is cutthroat, yeah, like it's savage. Although it looked glamorous, like the atmosphere of some of the agencies, girl on girl bitchiness, Um, treading on each other, taking credit for other people's work. And it wasn't, I'm just, I wasn't just about that. I was kind of like, look, I just want to do hard work. And yeah, sometimes I'd get stuck into it, but I was kind of like, no, Belle, like that, I don't want to get into this catty world. And that's some of the things I saw whilst working in some agencies. And then I remember kind of going home to... Dal, my partner, and going like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I'm really at a crossroad. And at that point, then the agency I was currently working with at the time then put me on an FMCG food brand, and I was kind of like, well, I don't want to bloody do this. This sucks. Like, it is proper weak. I don't. This is not what I have signed up for. But that was possibly the best move the agency could have done for me because I went on to being the account lead. I was flown around to LA, to Malibu, South Africa, because (laughs) we were on TV. We were, were, I was helping and being project manager against like the comms, PR, social, um, the TV ads, working alongside good old Nicole, that Shirzy, who I remember... Back at uni, my friends BFFs. got me to... BFFs. Yeah, well, we I mean, I'm, in my head, I like to think we grew to be BFFs. <laughs> no. But I remember going to her first concert where Rihanna was... She was a part of the Pussycat Dolls. Rihanna was her supporting act. Oh. And I remember that one moment time going, I just need to... I need to be in this world again. It was that moment. I still remember I was at Wembley Stadium, really at the top, could hardly see anything, but watching mm-hmm. the Pussycat Dolls do their thing. And I was like... I just can't be an average person. I need to be in this world. But then fast forward, I remember being literally a week before we were shooting in LA, the team at the agency were like, well, you're going to have to go. Look, didn't have anything holding me back, didn't have any kids there or anything at the time. And I remember them flying me over first class, 
to first to class. L- first class LA, landing in LA by myself, by myself, like apart. And then we were working with other agencies. So then the client was like, okay, here's your call sheet. This is what's happening, da, da, da. Then put my skill set and what I was actually there for, met with Nicole, flew out some journalists with me. And I remember just looking at Nicole when I was just like, mm-hmm. I remember manifesting back then going, I need to meet this woman. And it's happened, really? Nicole, it's happened. And after like being in that whirlwind, I literally put my everything into it because again, it was something I was really passionate about. The client became one of my favorite clients to work on. But then the agency wasn't the right agency. So I kind of came to a crossroad where again, I was I said to the agency, look, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go freelance, I just wanna figure out what my next move is. And that's when the client called me separately and was like, look, we can't lose you because you're doing a great job. What about if you went freelance for us? And I, as I naturally do, freaked out, called Dal. Um, Dal being so chilled was like, you absolutely have to do this. This is like perfect mm-hmm. because you're literally going and will own more and have more autonomy on the account. Arming and arming, spoke to the client. He was like, what's your day rate? I was like, I didn't even, this is literally two weeks after I'd left my job. Mm-hmm. What's your day rate? I was like, we discussed it back to and fro. And then I started my little project for the client. Again, gave it my all because it was me by myself, loved what I was working on, worked day and night weekends for this one client, which I think that's why then it opened up this whole can of worms of just growing this one client by myself. So within Mm. eight months, it went from me to then a three-team agency. I was then running the whole PR comms and just grew it there on after. And I think silo was never meant to happen but it fell into place because of hard work. And that's always been our state of differences. We just offer hard work because we care about what we do. And that's why I think we just grew and grew as an agency over the seven years. You know, you created my logo. Dal and I one evening came out, came up with the name when we were a little bit tipsy and we were kind of freestyling what it should stand for, what it's all about. We came up with the word silo. After a year and a half, I had enough to get an office space. Like it's all just things that I feel my like my hard work and then the team's hard work got us up that ladder. You know what? First of all, that's fuck. <laughs> that is sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I just realised actually, and I genuinely want to know too. Like, what is? PR and like you know like when you say hard work I actually don't know what that means like is it going to events is it emailing people like what's it involved to be working in PR and what's it like what was your job like and what does your kind of job look like now like so you know what not a lot of people understand what PR is but PR is basically public relations and how one understands and sees 
the brand. So what you're reading in a newspaper and what you're seeing in the magazines and what you're seeing online is all through mostly a PR person because they're connecting the dots from brand to consumer and what that story or narrative is. So me, when I was saying I was hardworking, it was building my contact list. So like making sure I knew the right people at the mirror, the mail online, the times, um, Grazia, the right magazines, building up my network, but also Mm. under PR fell communication. So what started off, what started off as traditional PR, which was print and magazines, I then started specializing and upskilling myself into social because again, it's the story you want to tell across the print magazine, but also social. And then it then fell into, okay, what's the story in other realms? So we did one crazy thing I did whilst working at Silo was opening up a pop-up shop in the heart of Westfield for two weeks for a client um, where we where we took over the place, we rebranded it. So it's anywhere where you would get a feeling for what that brand is about away from their products. Mm. One thing actually just... I would ask this anyway, is like, um, because I'm a designer and like Mm -hmm. if you're in an agency, a company will come to to make a campaign and this is what it looks like or I don't know, like there's a tangible thing that I'm making. Mm -hmm. But for PR, like how do you, if, like how do you get the daily, like not that you get like, but how do you, you're not making the thing, someone else is writing the article or how does that work? So, with a storyteller. So, mm. for example, if someone if someone created a new fragrance, right? Mm. That fragrance is just a fragrance. Joe Bloggs is not going to know about that fragrance. That fragrance knows that it's going to be a scent for eighteen to twenty five or eighteen to thirty. Okay, so where are these? Where is this audience reading? What are they into? Okay, so that fragrance now needs to look a certain way, where then you would come into play. It needs to be this sort of colour, this sort of print, because it's more catching to the eye. Okay, this fragrance is confidence boosting. These people are young career graduates. Okay, we we need to tell them it's a story that it's going to be a scent that stays with them the whole day. It's a scent that kind of is a stamp of their signature. So as a PR in comms, like strategist, we build that story out and we often we're the why we're the emotional we're the emotional belief as to why a customer would buy into a product or a brand but also why they would continuously buy as well Mm. so do you think um like i don't know like i can only compare it to what i know which is like design Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like when you're a designer, you're making, you're choosing the colors. And then when you might own a company and you're creative director, you're like, you're still giving your vision. Do you think you're like your company, the, the client will have a vision and then you're giving your spin on that vision to other people? Mm-hmm. Like, is it now you're like head of a company? Do you, is there, is there that element, element of creativity and um, putting your own, spin on things there definitely is because with any agency you have to be a specialist 
of what you do. And for any client who works with an array of agencies, so you know what, like clients, they have their own design agency, they have their marketing agency, they have their comms agency, and you all have to work together. But you would be a specialist in design and I would trust with what you're putting forward and the client would trust with what we're putting forward because look, we're in the heart of London, we're going to all these events, we're going to all these trade shows. We Mm. know more essentially than them because we're away from the brand and product itself, but we're more plugged into the real world and we're that bridge of from brand to the real world to the consumer. And that's why we then put our creative thoughts forward. So we would always have to put our creative decks together. We'd have to do two, three ideas and then see what would work with the client. They would then favor one idea. um, And then we would then finesse that even further to go, okay, this is the overall story we're going to push out. This is how it sits on internally. This is how it sits in the magazine. This is how it can sit on social. So it has that 360 story of when it then goes to launch. Mm. Okay, I finally have an answer to what PR is. (laughs) (laughs) After this many years, friends. (laughs) I kind of knew, like, I I kind of knew the, like, the personal things that, like, what it, like, when I meet someone in PR, like, they're very, Mm. they're kind of, like, outward and social and Mm -hmm. confident sometimes. But, um, yeah, but, yeah, when you were saying, like, working hard, obviously you work hard, but it's like, what is that? What is that physically, you know? But <laughs> okay, and also, yeah, talking about like when we were talking about before, like first starting off, and the whole thing was like, oh, getting a job. And I think you were one of the first people to kind of start a business in that in my in our like uni friend circle. Maybe I don't know if you were officially the first, but I remember that. And for me like obviously one that's super impressive but two like is so like out there on your own you know like I can't give you any advice on any of that like I can give someone advice about a job interview or mm-hmm. dealing asking for a promotion or like you know those type of things but to kind of be there out on your own um it's a kind of sense of entrepreneurship and also like now like maybe taking it back to where we are today like, what's it like being a business owner, like being responsible for people's salaries and I don't know, getting new business, like, like when COVID came, like as an employee, you're kind of worried about the business. But once you have that security, you're okay. Like, how, how is it like now you graduated, you had the job, you were a freelancer, but now you kind of have this different layer of responsibilities and stuff. Working alone at that point as to where I was at worked really, really well because I was like, could go into London when I wanted, I could work in the evenings. Whenever I felt I was ready to work hard, I could just switch my laptop on and ensure that I was meeting the client's need at that point. I was also then always really forward thinking, going, okay, what else can I pitch to, one, make more money, but also get more business. Mm-hmm. Um But when I started building a team, I really then understood why having a team around you is so important because 
you can just get lost in your own head and the insecurities creep in and being an entrepreneur and working alone it's a lot of highs and lows and you have to do a lot of internal chatter like there'd be some days where I'd be going up to the client's HQ by myself and again I don't think I would have the confidence to do that now if I was working alone but go up there present my ideas make sure they believed in my ideas but I remember I had to like make sure I was in the right frame of mind to boost myself but also my partner Dal had a lot to play in that because he would be boosting me going well who cares you're going to go do your best then it is what it is but as an entrepreneur it's, as a solo entrepreneur it's a lot of highs and lows so anyone that's kind of looking to set up solo absolutely do it because you will learn so much about yourself so much about yourself and then when i went on to grow a team it was a lot of fun like hiring two or three people i kind of hired from people i already knew in the industry right so i kind of worked with them before it would be easy we know the way we work they come in they hit the ground running and we literally would work our asses off but also have a lot of fun but as the agency grew i would then be hiring people in new specialist areas and i then started having to kind of put i know this sounds really bizarre but like a managerial hat on like okay i need to be seen a certain mm-hmm. way to my team um otherwise one i don't otherwise i felt that they wouldn't take me seriously they wouldn't take the agency seriously that's the only way for to get people to do their best 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 work is that if i'm being seen like that as well so then came a lot of responsibility on that side and then kind of fast forward to like 2021 when you said oh like how creative can you get as a business owner to be fair all my creativity was stripped of me because 99% of my time went on running a business versus doing what i had set up the business to do okay there yeah, is a yeah. complete difference there right so I'm I'm managing a team, I'm leading a team, I'm making sure everyone is happy, the morale is high, paying the bills, um making sure the office is a good environment, insurance, um legality, people going off sick, we need more manpower, wages, bonuses, all of that. And bear in mind at this point, right? I I've, I've had two kids, so I'm only working 3 and a half days, yeah. So all of my time went on my team and into my team to make sure that they were happy and they were able to do and be able to put their best foot forward which was a lot like do i enjoy that side probably not like it's mm. not fun it's very serious but do i love the people i work with absolutely so if i know that they go on and they go on and set up their own businesses and i can teach them and make them learn and absorb as much as they can from this moment in time i feel that i would i've done a great job um mm. yeah what do you think one lesson that you've learned in that in going from being from being the person that does stuff to being the person that leads stuff 
be patient because I I always was like okay on to the next thing I always had a vision and I always kind of knew where I was heading I was always in control not everyone is built that way but still has greatness inside them so it's it's almost about finding that greatness in someone in your team and finessing it the way that you know you're going to get the best out of them mm that's 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 a nugget <laughs> that's cool <laughs> you know i didn't even think that's good it's just as and as you were talking i was i was going to ask like maybe what was a big failure but i think like that one's cool like or like I, I, yeah it's, it's just like as i said it seems impressive like from the outside of going mm. in leaving a job and doing all this stuff and then you just like reel the list of stuff that a business owner has to do wages mm. like all, all, the, all that stuff you're like yeah that's hard it's do you know what it is just the boring side that i was just like this this is not my so i could feel my cup getting empty Okay, and that's okay. not what I was the business way to build my cup. Yeah. But yeah. I was then then I was changing my vision to well I'm getting fulfillment seeing my team grow. And when when we would mm. have our weekly calls and go in we used to have like our screaming sessions on a Friday and what that meant was what's one thing we're proud of on a Friday or from the whole mm, week. Cool. When I would hear their individual stories I'd be like, oh my God, they're growing. You can see someone literally starting on a project and managing this much. And then a year in, they're owning the whole project. And I'm like, mm. do they see the greatness that they have just achieved? <laughs> so. Oh, that's cool. That's that's wholesome. Um, <laughs> one thing that I definitely need to, I want to talk about is you doing all this whilst also being a mum of two <laughs> with with Dow. I should also mention that your husband Dow also went to our uni <laughs> and is also yeah. my friend. Yeah. So Bao and Dow, they're the, the, the power couple. Um, yeah, how, okay, like I think even like as a single person doing what you do is a hard job. What's it been like um, with family life and doing what you do how have you managed it i mean i don't even know how i manage it some days are good some days are bad some days i literally want to go under my duvet and hide from the world mm. but okay so if we take so i was aria was born my eldest in 2018 so that was two and a half years into the business I remember being seven months, no, six months pregnant, traveling to Paris on a large TV shoot, PR event, managing over a crew of probably 50 people. I'm big, swollen, it's hot. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, in, traditionally, when you're working with kind of crew production, they are guys. Mm. And I remember them being so patronizing it was really like it was making me angry because they were like you sure you don't want to sit down are you sure um 
are you sure that you're okay to be doing what you're doing? Like really trying to put me down. And to be fair, I was really healthy with my pregnancy with Aria that I didn't even register I was pregnant. Like my whole family were like, you're nuts going and traveling and still working. But I was totally fine. And I remember that gave me so much strength to go, mate, I'm going to prove all these, and again, sorry for swearing, all these fuckers wrong. Because, <laughs> because you can do it. You can do it if you just listen to your body and listen to the external noise and just make sure you're putting your best foot forward at the right time. So with Aria, never took a mat leave. She was a, fuck, she was a dream baby, allowed me to work alongside breastfeeding her, taking her to work, she, she just slotted right in and that was quite a big year for the business because we grew from three people to six people. Huge. Mm. Um, then two years after, I, w- I fell pregnant during COVID. Yeah, Again, kind of got... COVID baby. Yeah, no. He was oh. a COVID baby. I didn't <laughs> okay. even register where I was pregnant again because, look, everything was Zoom upwards. I didn't even tell my clients until I was six months pregnant, <laughs> even seven months pregnant, because they didn't see me. Uh, yeah. From here, you yeah, know, they didn't even know. I okay. didn't even register. I kind of just thought, I kind of just thought COVID brought everyone bigger bellies. That's like, again. And then two weeks before I was about to give birth, Aria brought COVID into the house. Oh. I got COVID. She got COVID. I got oh, COVID. No. Oh. Dow got COVID. Is this Scariest, the Omicron? This is no. This is before. This is like the first. This is the proper so, COVID. This is pre jabs. Pre jabs. Okay. Okay. So I remember then trying to work, having COVID in my bed. Why Dow trying to work? To, because it's a business. It's like mm. I'm. It's if I, I thought I had to hand everything over, I couldn't leave my team without a strong handover. Mm. I still had certain bits to train them on. Wow. But long story short, it all worked out in the end, but my business is another baby of mine and that's how much attention it does get of me. Whether that's right or wrong from a health Mm. perspective, I don't know. Um, But having a business as well as now two children, two demanding children, who are Beautiful kind of a children. year, gorgeous children, but above <laughs> a year, who have needs and they want to be vocal mm. and they test boundaries. It's me and Dal have entered another, another realm of parenting and trying to hustle at work and trying to travel with work. It is a lot, but I wouldn't be now. I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for him. And we're just a great team. We plan mm. everything. Everything is planned out to a T to make it all work, to clockwork. And if it doesn't, you just sit and laugh and you just think, what is this? What is this mess? <laughs> but, yeah, having children and running a business is no joke. But it just adds to the fun, I guess. That's it. What else is there to ask you? Yeah. <laughs> Got any good stories? Um, good. I mean, one great story. Again, it's just, me. I remember being at an event at the Me Hotel 
the event had ended. It was in a penthouse suite. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give the suite up. So the, a certain celebrity. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Start again, start again. You was in an event. This is nothing to do with, this is before you were pregnant and stuff like that. Oh yeah, this is like the best time of running a business in PR and comms when you can make a budget work. So we had an event in yeah. a penthouse suite. Okay. And all the all the press had left and we had the suite overnight. Oh, so, okay. So <laughs> Nicole Scherzinger decided to stay. Um, and then I said to Dow, well, why don't you come on down? And then a few of Nicole, a few of Nicole's friends came on down, and then um, I remember there was a knock at the door, and Dal went to go open it, and it was um, he opened the door. Oh gosh, I forget. It was that. It was the big guy from uh, Game of Thrones on the other side of the door who Dal absolutely adored. The Australian guy. Yes. Chris Hemsworth. No, no, not Chris Hemsworth, it's another guy, but I just remember, you know, it, again, it's another nugget of, this is why I do all these crazy stuff and work till early in the morning, because it's moments like this that I'm going to just be telling these stories when I'm grey and old to my kids and hopefully install <laughs> this sort of inspiration and this hard work ethic inside of them. True. I hope they know more about Game of Thrones than me, <laughs> no, I know. Same here. I'm really bad at Game of Thrones. Dad's trying to get me to watch it. I'm like, I don't open the door. Like, some who's this Australian guy, bro? <laughs> oh. uh, maybe I think I think we can. I think we can leave it there. What did we talk about? I finally understood what PR is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you knew I was into my drama. I never knew that. I mean, I found out today. I didn't yeah. know that before. Mm. I knew that you studied at bit at Brunel. Mm. I knew that you studied at Fash in the London College of Fashion, but I didn't mm. know how hard it was that mm. you had to work to get there. And I knew that you were best friends with Nicole Scherzinger <laughs> and you started a company that I designed the logo for. You feel yes. free to change it now. I was just having fun that time. Yeah. And um and I knew that you are like have a family and run this company, but now really hearing the backstory to it i think is super impressive and actually the point of this doing this podcast and having this conversation is that there is there will be someone out there like young person who maybe study drama and maths and has an indian dad that doesn't want them to do <laughs> <laughs> oh or or is trying to get into a London fashion college and getting rejected and needs to call up or, you know, that don't take for granted what it takes to, to do this. And also you can do it as Bao has just shown us. So but is, but just to add on that, friends. Yeah, go on. The harder you work, the sweeter the reward. So nothing comes for free. Nothing, 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 mm. nothing. So because I do a bit of mentoring and, the, the one thing I tell kind of the people that I mentor is assess the landscape, do the extra work because it's very noisy and there's a lot of people fighting for the same thing. Make yourself different, upskill and give it your all because nothing is going to land in your lap. So Shay, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. I didn't Thank even mention... Funny. 
you're in the UK right now. Yes. Morning time. Yeah. yeah. A cup of coffee. I'm in Sydney. Mm. Nighttime with a cup of tea, bro. How wholesome. And, that's and how it. times have changed. True, 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 true. Yeah, it was good actually to to reminisce, remember where we where we in the words of Drake we started, started started on yeah. the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording and you stay. Okay. You just hang on. All right. All right. Thank you, Bao. Cheers, Franny. Bye. Cheers.